Welcome to another episode of Projected Futures, the podcast where we explore the possibilities of projection mapping. In each episode, I want to bring you the stories of the people, technologies, and companies who are leading the way in using projection mapping and immersive technologies. Today, my guest is Kira Bursky. At 24, Kira has already created dozens of short films and music videos, and she's grown her YouTube channel to more than 13 million views. She's done it all while juggling client work and her own production company, All Around Artsy Productions. Today we'll talk about her recent integration of projection mapping into her video projects, and we'll talk about her recent project which transformed her apartment into an immersive public art space. Kira, welcome to the show. Thank you. Hello, hello. I was I was looking at your YouTube videos and one of the commenters referred to your shorts as amazingly bizarre. <laughs> How do you describe the kinds of projects you do? I would say that basically all of my work has a magical undertone or like a magical realism twist. Mm. Um, I love to find just, yeah, that magical quality, that surreal quality, that, that just that beautiful, that beautiful, passionate feeling that exists within every moment that exists within all stories. Um, so I'm very inspired by, uh, capturing that essence in my projects. You're 24 years old and you've already created a ton of projects. When did you become interested in filmmaking? Let's see. So when I was a kid, I was interested in basically all art forms. And by age eight, I was already animating. And by age 13, I was already uh, making little short films. Um, and I started going by the name All Around Artsy when I was 13. And by 14, I discovered Interlochen, which is an art sporting school where you major in an art form in high school. So I ended up majoring in filmmaking for three years of high school. So it was pretty early on that I uh, was diving headfirst into the world of film. And through film now, we move to projection mapping. But before we get into new thoughts, no thoughts. I want to touch on another project that you worked on, uh, Considerations on Infinity. Now, you essentially converted your apartment into an immersive world and opened it to the public. Tell us more about that. Yeah. So I was taking part in the Vibe of Asheville Creators Project. So it was a, a residency and uh, the apartment was a part of the residency and I lived there for a year. And so my project, I decided to create a projection-based installation in my apartment. And uh, it was my first time doing anything like it. And I learned a lot. I started with one projector and now I own nine projectors. Um, so I definitely, uh, I fell in love with projectors to say the least. <laughs> <laughs> in falling in love with projectors, is there a particular brand or type that you prefer? I've definitely not settled on a particular brand, but I will say that one of the best discoveries was discovering short throw projectors and just how incredible they are. Um, because uh, when I was more of a projector newbie, I, I had never even heard of that. Five of my projectors are short throws and it is incredible to be able to take them anywhere and completely transform a wall, even if the space isn't that big. Um, just because of that beautiful throw ratio. <laughs> With that project, you were using multiple projectors within that project, right? By the end. 
Yes, so there was a main 30-minute show that played um, four times for each of the showings, so it played on loop. That main 30-minute show was utilizing five projectors at once. And then there was one projector that was um, I was casting from an iPad, so there was a live camera feed with filters and effects, so then the audience could participate in manipulating a part of the installation. And then two more of the projectors, um, One there was one projector per bedroom. So people could lay on the bed and could gaze in, in one of the rooms you would lay on the bed and gaze into galaxies on the ceiling. And then in the other bedroom, it was a collective consciousness gazing room. Um, so yeah. <laughs> hmm. Now with those five projectors, were you, were you syncing the content on those projectors? Yeah. So one of the things I had to figure out on top of having events where the public could come in and experience it, as a part of the residency, the space was also being used as a vacation rental. So whenever I would leave, we could rent it out. Um, so I had to figure out how do I create this installation so it's streamlined so that an overnight guest can come in and can easily turn it on. So I had to figure out how do I sync up this main show so with the click of a button, the whole show plays on these five projectors. Um, and so for me, uh, you know, I was I was very new to to this world, but I had to figure it out, and I, I did. So yes, so all five projectors were synced up. But the way we did it is so I had five bright sign media players. And they were all linked up to a power source, and all all of the um, projectors were on um, standby mode. So the moment this one power source was plugged in, then all the media players turned on at the same time, and then all of the projectors went from standby mode to playing, and it, it was all synced up. It's crazy how many different sort of media server solutions there are for all different levels. You know, we've we've talked to people doing. Uh, theme park shows or live theater shows and oh yeah uh, you know the the expense just for media servers to do multiple projectors can be astounding but at the same time there are solutions out there to to do it on a budget as well definitely so take us through the setup with with the bright sign uh servers did you have did you have a box connected to each projector how did everything talk to one another because we had to set it up so that overnight guests could easily turn it on, I had to think about it a little bit differently. We had a power cable plugged in that was we hooked into um, this device where you can you know turn the power source on and off with a remote, and so then that led to the five bright sign media players. So then we had all five projectors on a separate circuit, separate power circuit. Um, so those were always getting power, but all the projectors were on standby mode. So the moment you would turn on the power source that was connected to the Brightside media players, all of the media would immediately start playing. Uh, because of the type of media players, the moment they get power, they turn on. The moment the media starts playing, all the projectors immediately woke up uh, because all the projectors were connected to the media players, but their power source was separate so that they would consistently be in standby mode. Did you have to do any uh, masking or, or any, you know, sort of shape matching with things you were projecting onto? I did. I basically, it was kind of like I had to create the show five times 
so that it was interacting with each of the walls and ceiling spaces appropriately. Um, and during the show, sometimes there are certain details that only play out on one wall or it plays out a little differently. So, you know, the front entrance, I had projections that were just uh, projection mapped onto the door and were projection mapped onto the front windows. Whereas the back wall, when you entered the first, when you're looking straight ahead, one fun aspect of the installation is uh, I used this technique where you set up layers of tulle fabric and you project through the tulle fabric. Um, and what it does is it kind of creates this almost holographic effect that you can walk through. So you're like immersed in this projection holograph almost. And the way that works is if you, uh, let's say you're, pre well, usually it works best with visuals that have some negative space. So for example, let's say you have a visual where it's all black, but then you have snowfla snowflakes falling. So you have these like little white specks, but then it's immersed in, you know, complete darkness. So you project that and the snow will hit each layer of the tool fabric, whereas the, the, the closer to black, it just, you know, goes completely through. So anyway, so let's say, um, you know, I had four layers of tool fabric, so you could walk between the layers of tool fabric and you would have projections in front of you, projections behind you. And it was kind of like the snow would be floating because the tool fabric is see-through. When you used that technique, was that something you came up with for this? Had you used that before? Where, where did that idea come from? Early on in the process, before I started creating the show, I had a day where my friend who has created installations before and has experience with um, lots of different softwares, we started experimenting with pro projecting onto the tool fabric. We were just completely mind blown by what we were seeing. It literally, it felt like we were warping reality. It was like we were playing around with physics you know and it was just we were both like what the heck is happening um so i knew just because of how how much awe and how how inspiring it was to see what i was seeing i just knew i had to make that a focal point of the show and what what was the reaction to the show the reaction was i mean it's it's weird to talk about my own work and other people's reactions but it was it was great it was uh i had some really beautiful interactions with people a big source of why I make art and films and and now installations is to be as true and as real and as authentic as I can be with my experiences and my feelings and my journey so that I can perhaps inspire in others the freedom for for their own uh, ability to vocalize their reality, their truths, and just to feel more yeah, free and comforted and connected. It, it was a really special feeling, a very unique feeling. I was shocked the first time I played the show because, you know, this is an apartment. This is my home. But then the moment the lights are off and you turn on the show, you're not in my apartment really anymore. I mean, you, you are. There's a couch you can sit on. But you're you're swept into the show and it's not just a, a film you're projecting onto one wall. You're completely in it. You look up and there's stars on the ceiling. You look to your left and there's a flower blooming on the on the door. So yeah, the the response was was beautiful and uh, it was you know what I could what I would hope for. So let's fast forward a little bit to earlier this year. You found yourself with a lot of time at home. I'm presuming, like most of us. Uh, and you you made new thoughts, no thoughts. Tell us a little bit about how that project got started. 
I actually made that in 48 hours. Um, I made it as a part of the stuck at home <laughs> 48 hour film competition. And I knew that I was curious and interested in the possibility of projection mapping drawings. And I had never done it before, but it was something that was in the back of my head. So then I decided that I would use the 48 hours to push myself to create something with that that concept in mind. And uh, then I did it. <laughs> and had you used Lightform before that? I think for the a month or so leading up to making that film, I, I had been experimenting with Lightform. Mainly, uh, I was experimenting with projection mapping onto my body, seeing what I could do visually in terms of yeah projection mapping with the human form. Um, so this was quite different from my my previous experimentations. I should say quickly for those who might not be familiar with Lightform, essentially it allows you to dive into the world of projection mapping fairly quickly and easily. It uses a webcam to map the space in your projector, and then you can get into working with the content rather than spending all your time on the technical side of things. Um, mm -hmm. Obviously, there are some limitations with that system relative to more complex systems, but what made it ideal for what you were doing? It's really easy to dive dive on in. So I feel the, the final product that I ended up with, some people thought it was animation, uh, which is really cool. But if I were to try to create what I created through normal animation techniques. I know for me personally, it would have taken much longer than 48 hours. Mm -hmm. uh, so with the Lightform setup, I was able to achieve certain looks and visuals that normally would just take a lot longer to pull off, at least with the methods that I know of. Uh, so it definitely streamlines your process and your ability to achieve some really cool visuals just so quickly. And I wanted to ask you about storyboarding, but now knowing that it was part of a 48-hour contest, uh, did you storyboard this before you started? I did. I did storyboard. Hmm. Uh, actually, <laughs> it's kind of funny. So the whole concept uh, was inspired by I, I had had a therapy session like a week or so prior. And in the session, I was like drawing out um, these different stages of like how I was feeling, where I, how I wanted to feel, like what was preventing these. Anyways, so I had these four drawings, and so I took inspiration from these drawings. I wrote out just the basic concept of the scenes I was imagining, and yeah, I created a simple storyboard, and from that storyboard, I was able to narrow it down to five key drawings that would be very simple drawings so that I could add the, the color and the life um, through the projection map visuals. And the visuals from light form were you using did you did you create visuals i assuming some of them you created and some may have been the built-in effects yeah so i used um a handful of their built-in effects which are great because they interact with you know whatever you've scanned so in this case it was really nice because you know i could just pinpoint the the characters i i drew and then apply the effects just onto those characters i also brought in some um sourced footage for different sections like there's this one scene where the character is right next to a window. And so I downloaded a clip of a sunset and was able to projection map it into the drawing of the window. So yeah, so it was a mix of, you know, sourced video elements and then the built-in effects. You'd mentioned earlier that some people thought it was animation. And I think part of that is because it looks so crisp. And it, it, I'm curious what projector you were using for that and also what camera, because it, it seemed to capture well in, in the low light and didn't didn't scream, oh, this is a projection. 
So my Lightform setup, I use it with, so I got the, the Lightform LFC. The LFC is a kit, so you can put it onto any projector, which is great, you know, because if you get their, the built-in Lightform LF2, then you're using the projector they provide. But then if you get the kit, you can, again, you can choose the power level. You, you can choose whatever projector you want. So the projector I use is an Epson, I think it's an Epson 1060. And in terms of the camera, I have a Sony A7R2 and a Sony A7S2. So I can't remember if I used the R2 or the S2 for that production, but uh, they're both great. I love it. I love those cameras. And what's your editing program of choice? Yeah, I use Premiere for editing and I use After Effects for animation and special effects. While you're here to primarily discuss projection mapping, I have to ask you, with over 13 million views on YouTube, Kira, reveal for us now the secret to YouTube success. The secret? <laughs> the My really boring answer will be, I have no clue how that happened. Um, <laughs> like, yeah, well, my most viewed film has over 10 million views, and it's pretty shocking, really. Um, I mean, after doing my own research as to, you know, I wanted to figure out like, why, how did some of my, how, how are some of my films passing the million mark? Um, and I mean, this is going to sound lame, but there's some little things like having good thumbnails and having descriptive titles so that you can, you know, connect up to the right audience. Um, I mean, I think it goes, this, this applies to any industry, but if you can connect to the audience that really is hungry for your content then you're good. You're golden. Um, but I think it also just technically, it seems like a, a big part of YouTube's algorithms has to do with retention rates and how long mm -hmm. someone stays on a, a video. So I think because I was able to capture the, the attention of the right kind of audience, they were staying on my video long enough that YouTube's algorithms were probably like, hey, okay, people like it. And so the biggest source of my viewership comes from my videos being suggested after other viral videos. And so that's something that I, I didn't really necessarily uh, aim to do. I didn't, I don't even think you can necessarily force that to happen, but it happened. And uh, thank you, YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> so you've used projection mapping in several different projects now and, and projection in general. I'm curious, do you see yourself using this in the future? Do you see it as something that is going to show up frequently in in your future projects yeah well i'm actually going to be using projection mapping this weekend <laughs> for another shoot so it's definitely in my future in my very near future um this month uh i this is my projection mapping music video month so i i've already shot two of the three videos and all three are utilizing projection mapping techniques so I'm I'm uh, I'm loving it. <laughs> <laughs> Are you using Lightform for that as well? I am. So I'm uh, definitely using Lightform. The second of the three, so the one I did last weekend, I used Lightform, and then I used two of my other projectors, and we kind of created a quick installation. I guess you could say like a projector installation. Um, we actually set up my tool fabric layers uh, to achieve the same effect I had in my installation. So yeah, definitely utilizing Lightform. I'm curious if you've heard from Lightform at all. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I share everything 
I do on social media, and so they've definitely seen my work. I may actually be writing a blog post for them about these three music videos and utilizing Lightform for filmmaking and specifically music video production. So yeah, so stay tuned if you're if you're curious. Uh, that is on the potential horizon. What would be your ultimate use of projection mapping, either in an immersive experience like you did in your apartment or within a music video or film? Well, one really cool thing is that, you know, projectors are another source of lighting, uh, like an alternative source of lighting. And so it's been fun for these past couple of projects just to see how instead of using traditional a traditional lighting setup like you would for a, a video production, um, I can utilize projectors for that, that same uh, reason and I can get much cooler effects very easily. A tangible example, so for the first video I shot this month, there was this scene where the girl is laying on this bed and I projected these leaves falling. But because of the contrast of the projected clip, her face was in shadows. But then, you know, I'm like, wait a second, I can just projection map light onto her face so that her face is more lit. And I was able to do that, like, within less than a minute, you know, and the shot looked so, looked great. So it's so cool to be able to fine tune your lighting from a computer and change the color and change, like, what it's hitting. I am really excited about about that. And even as I talk about it, I could see how this technology, if it gets developed and fine-tuned more and more, that it could become a very useful tool for um, cinematographers and gaffers as a, a new way to light scenes. Maybe 10 years, five years down the road, every light will be a projector on a set because of that ability to control the light and do exactly what you want with it. That sounds great. Yeah. We won't have LED lights. We'll just have projectors that you can uh, dial everything in. Amazing. What are some of the bottlenecks or, or issues or constraints that you think we still need to solve to get the most out of projection mapping? Well, since I'm, you know, I'm working on these music video projects, it's like I'm working with a team of people and you know, I want to, I don't want anyone to be waiting around if we're on set and people are getting paid uh, but with projection mapping, you know, there's a there's a degree of I, I I need to create these visuals while I'm there on set, and then I need to export the visuals, and so I'm prepping and creating and exporting, and it's worked for the past two shoots. Like it's it's definitely worked out, but it has like you know it has triggered a little momentary stress because I'm seeing like I'm on a set with a few different people, and here I am creating visuals and projection mapping and now I'm exporting and the export says it's going to it's going to take like 30 minutes I'm like oh no so it would be great if um you know exports could happen a lot faster that would be great <laughs> <laughs> faster is better when it comes to downtime for rendering and exporting that's for sure people who have never done anything with projection mapping what would your advice be for someone who wants to get started Get a light form. <laughs> buy, a, buy a light form setup. I mean, uh, from what I've heard from other people's reviews, like if you want uh, the, the easiest way into projection mapping, just get their LF2 where it's all built into their projector because then you don't need to worry about what projector you're buying or what software you need. 
it's all included and it's it's definitely geared for uh, towards making it as easy as possible for the user. Um, so I would say, yeah, get pick up a light form setup and start experimenting. Getting started, just taking that first step is really key. With the show in your apartment, when that ended, did you sort of think, well, maybe this is how our houses should always be. Maybe we should have projections on, on all the surfaces. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I'm totally daydreaming about <laughs> future places that I'll live. And uh, I would I would love to have a permanent art installation in, in my future homes. Um, I think it'd be awesome. I, I've daydreamed about, you know, just setting up a projector somewhere that's, you know, projecting a nature scene on your wall at all times <laughs> or something, you know. Why not? It just adds a layer of magic into your reality. My guest today has been Kira Bursky, who is using projection mapping to make her magical visions a reality. You can learn more about Kira's projects at her website, allaroundartsy.com. And you can see her short, New Thoughts, No Thoughts, on our website at projectedfutures.net. Kira, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. It's been great. Thank you for listening, and I'd like to ask you a quick favor. If you're enjoying the show, please take a moment to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to the podcast. Positive reviews are key to more people discovering the podcast and becoming part of this community. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time.